Good morning, Christ Church. Amen. Today, I think about how challenging the last week has been. And not just the last week, but even, yes, the last several months. You see, all week we've been challenged by the constant refrain of loss and losing significant relationships. In one form or another, we have been reminded of the resiliency of children and the reality of death. You may have seen it as we bid farewell last week to our associate minister and family, my daughter, our daughter Gabrielle, six-year-old, was having a very difficult time coping with the loss of yet another friend. She proceeded even to scoot up here behind Chloe Fields, not wanting to let her friend go. And as we went on down to the celebration in the coffee hour downstairs, Gabrielle just lost it. That deep guttural response <sighs> reminded me as she began to hyperventilate that I, as a mother, wanted to console my child, who then presented as inconsolable. And I thought of that old hymn from growing up, my tradition, in times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. Be very sure, be very sure your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. Jesus. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he's the one. This rock is Jesus, the only one. Anybody know that hymn? I needed an anchor on last Sunday. Because, we, because she was losing it, I began to feel as if I would lose it. Any parents here know something about that? You may have noticed all of this going on and how I was trying to be present with her as we were all trying to bid our own Farewell to everyone around us experiencing yet another transition in Christ Church. And speaking of transitions, while I'm on that note, I'm so honored and blessed that my partner in love, life, and ministry is here with me today in the person of the rector-elect of the St. Philip's Episcopal Church in Harlem, the Reverend Canon Terrence Alexander Lee. Yeah, y'all, that's my husband. Amen. This is a rare treat. It's a rare treat. I would like to say he's here for me. But Gabrielle, who was singing her heart out a minute ago, I think he came for her. This might be her only time that daddy can be present to witness her sing in the children's choir. Because, yes, transition has hit our home. Now that he has this new call here in Manhattan, we have to leave the home that our children have known since birth. They've had to say goodbye to Daddy's parish over in Queens. They called it Daddy's Church, St. Gabriel's Episcopal over in Hollis, where he has served now nearly eight years. And so while he's on a little bit of a sabbatical, he decided to stop by here just to hear Gabrielle sing this morning. We are now bracing ourselves for the trauma of a move in just a couple of weeks, 
I mean, it's bad enough that school doesn't get out until June 22nd for Gabrielle when they initially thought it would be June 26th. So we're thanking God it's at least a few days earlier. But it's a lot for her, and she has now experienced yet another loss on this great journey called life. In times like these, we need a savior. I mean, she started off the school year with her very best friend moving back to Philippines with her mom. This had been her best friend from pre-kindergarten and kindergarten, and now starting first grade, she's gone on. She is preparing not only for the end of school with all of these friends for whom she's known and grown close to over these last couple of years. This afternoon, she has her dance recital. She'll say farewell to her friends from dance that she has been with now, most of them, for four years, her fourth recital with this particular dance school. She has a spring uh, concert and a farewell with Girl Scouts even next week, and the list goes on and on. Did I say it's been a challenging season? (laughs) Yes, my goodness, of course, as only a six-year-old would ask in, in, in concern to Daddy's church, she says, Mommy, are there things for children at Daddy's new church? You know, that's the one way you get them, is remind them that there are new friends to be made new playmates to be had. But I said, honey, I don't know. We'll have to see what's up. We'll have to find out together. And so we have to help her hold on for what the future may hold with great interest and an expected hope. In times like these, we need a savior. It's just one more layer being pulled away for her. But in this passage, under consideration this morning in 2 Corinthians, Paul is espousing his unwavering faith in God to sustain him no matter what comes. You see, speaking to a predominantly Gentile congregation in Corinth, he offers an eschatological hope for those who believe in Christ. While the outward is wasting away, the inward portrait of character and faith will hold fast if we believe in God through Christ, is what Paul is saying. He says externally, while he faces hardships, afflictions, and persecutions on every hand, Paul says they are momentary. This is what I wanted to tell Gabrielle last week, and even a couple of months ago when she had to be a farewell to her St. Gabriel's community. In times like these, sweetheart, we need a savior. For Paul, the life of faith and the faith-filled journey is layered with afflictions. There's no way to avoid them. It's layered with change. This is why Paul cautions the onlooker from making a concluding assessment or any decision based on his outward appearance. He stresses here that the full picture cannot be gained based on appearance alone. You know this is not reliable. It's not a reliable indicator of what is inside nor what is to come. In fact, he declares the outward as it's wasting away while the inward is being built up. It is the fact that through Christ, he can hold on any way, anyhow, any day. You see, Paul's urgings here are reminiscent of that old adage, you can't judge a book by its cover. To put it mildly, the gospel according to Paul is consistent with the message of God's grace. God's grace, yes, in the wake of multiple celebrity suicides, 
It is a reminder for those who did not believe that mental health, mental illness does not discriminate. It is a real issue. I would even submit an epidemic. Suicide in 2016 was the tenth leading cause of death ahead of homicide. And then as we look, as the cases continue to come in among teens and young adults between the ages 15 and 34, suicide is the leading cause of death in the United States. And yes, that might even include those opioid-induced deaths as well. It's quite tragic. In times like these, we need a savior. In times like these, we need an anchor. We are facing a crisis of epic proportions on both fronts and many others. We, the church, cannot sit idly by and say or do nothing. In times like these, we need a savior. You see, as a, as a black mom of little black children, I am deeply distressed by the suicide rates among black children being 50% higher than their white counterparts. The children that are even five years or younger, ending their lives. They can't see ahead and understand what Paul is writing about. And yes, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention are sounding, they are sounding the alarm that we need to give appropriate health care and attention and mental health addressing of the problems that even our children face. You see, this is why the overall impact of our daughter's grief regarding the family's move must not be overlooked or minimized. I know children move all the time. I know that if it must be done, this is a good, as good a time as any. But you know these things go on to scar children for life if we're not careful. I'm very much aware of her sensitivity to all the changes afoot. We talk regularly about the mitigating issues that might help to assuage her grief while knowing full well there is no way to keep her from, from feeling very deeply, even profoundly, about losing her relationships. There's no way to prevent her from feeling very deeply about leaving the only house she's ever known. Just yesterday, one of her Girl Scout troop leaders told my husband that Gabrielle is taking the move very hard. All we can say is thank you and please keep her in your prayers. Keep us all in your prayers. For we are aware that for her, her very world feels uncertain and tenuous in this season filled with change. We hear it throughout the day. We hear it at the dinner table. We see it at bedtime. She has just been a bucket of tears. It is in this moment that we are grateful for the parochial school path we've been on. But right now, we need to have reinforcements to our messages that God is able to see you through, honey. The angels are watching over you. We tell her she is never alone, and God is always present with her and for her. Sounds like Paul is, is giving us a message to help her. We, we are not fooled. We know that children have stressors. And we know, too, that in times like these, we need a savior. We understand they question change and disruptions in their routine. And yes, we are there for her, but we're glad that there are other people around her helping to teach her the prayers and the songs of the church. Because right now we need a little help. 
We are clear there is no way to prevent change from happening, and so we're teaching those important messages from the Bible, like the 23rd Psalm and the prayers through the Lord's Prayer and any other prayer that we could help her with to help her find her anchor in Jesus. You see, she's in the first grade. She has a final exam tomorrow. In times like these, we need a savior. She's had a, a final exam and a test the last two weeks and they don't end tomorrow. She has to continue and so we take seriously not only what she's going through, but the message that Paul has given to us today. The things that are seen are not reliable and are fleeting, Paul writes, even temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal in the heavens. That house that we're preparing and, and looking forward to one day, rejoicing with God and understanding that it's all been worth it. You see, it matters when you speak of faith that you understand that you don't need to see to understand. Amen, somebody. You, you don't need to see to understand. But helping a six-year-old get that message is harder. Help me, somebody. You see, several nights ago after saying her prayers, my daughter then asked if I could stay in her room with her until she went to sleep. If I couldn't stay in her room for that length of time, could I then allow her to stay in my room until she went to sleep? In our bed, while daddy was away on travel, I said, sweetheart, you are going to be okay. God is here. God is with you. I was struck that we were having these slight moments of regression, but understood the nature of the separation anxiety undergirding it. It stopped me in my tracks because I was ready to move on to the task of preparing lunch boxes for the next school day. I was ready to prepare myself to turn in for the night. But it was a moment that required my full attention whether I felt I had the available time or not because in times like these, we need a savior. We need an anchor and this rock for us who believe is Jesus. You see, someone once said evil is still unconquered, the conditions of this present world would fill us with despair if we saw nothing else. I believe many of you know something about the vicissitudes of life that weigh us down and present unimaginable opportunities to wreak havoc on your life. What is unknown is always changing. Paul tells an uncertain people about a certain hope. He tells a doubtful generation there is no cause for doubt in God through Christ. He looks beyond his immediate circumstances to a future of hope and glory. I can't say that I have always agreed with Paul, but this time he got it right. The gospel that took over his life on a Damascus road gave him security, confidence, direction, and unconquerable fortitude. Yes, my heart breaks for my own daughter, but it breaks for the daughters left to mourn the death of their parents. Kate Spade's 13-year-old daughter, and Anthony Bourdain's 11-year-old daughter. It is a life-defining moment to lose a parent in any way, but certainly tragically. And yes, in times like these, we need a savior. Because I remember, too, being a little girl on the cusp of my 11th birthday. My father died on a Monday morning from a heart attack as we were getting ready for school. Turns out we didn't go to school that day. 
Life was simply not the same without him. I'm not fooled and, and I don't believe to stand here and tell you that we could pray all the troubles away, that we could pray mental illness away, but God gives us an arsenal of resources and our hope in God through Christ is but one. The prayers we learn, that helps us. What remained the same after my father's death was my mother's faith. What remained the same, our church attendance and our involvement in the house of God. I don't know how we would have made it without that assurance of God's love and the power of the spirit of God to see us through any storm. I wish I had time that I could just sit with that 13-year-old girl, sit with that 11-year-old girl and help them understand that there is something bigger to life. And yes, faith in God through Christ, if you would choose to believe, is a good place to start. So for anyone who questions if God is real, Paul says yes. Yes, and for every change and every challenge that comes on the outside is building up my spirit. Yes, for children who are lacking in food and shelter or clothing in school, seeking asylum with their parents on the run, trauma facing them every day, there's something building up on the inside. In Christ, like in Christ, yes, we find these moments where there is an anchor, whether you're dealing with chemical dependency or infidelity, we need a savior. Whether you're dealing with gambling or divorce, we need a savior. Or whether you're dealing with health illness and new news of something that causes you to despair or personal tragedy. In times like these, there is a savior. He is the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Yes, he is the one.